Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. I am a fan of talking about nuances um, because, yeah, uh, because I feel like, for lack of a better, I'm Southern, and so we have these sayings, but the devil is in the details. Right. And so when we don't hone down on those nuances and those details, I think we can miss the, the goal of the work. So I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, in my mind, and I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to give you the definition of it. I'm going to tell you how I see it. Yeah. It is to make the experience of people from historically ignored backgrounds in workplaces better. That's like the short version of it. How you day, how you day. That was the voice of Kim Crowder. Now, some of you know that I run my belonging, accessibility, inclusion, diversity and equity firm. I work with companies to fight against the ills of the world, become more anti-racist, fight for social justice and to create opportunities that foster equity. I also love meeting other people in the field doing the same thing because in our world today, the more we create environments where intersectionalism is a thing, where people feel like they can be themselves for who they truly are, the better we will be. And her story is incredible. I love meeting people like this because there's a point in everyone's life and there's a point in your life listening to this where you come to the realization that you can make your passion your career, that you have a skill set that has been undervalued so much because of the narrative around you that you have to unlearn in order to become an owner, where you become an, uh, an owner in the sense that you own yourself, you own your identity. You don't let the world define who you are. You define yourself to the world. And, that, and that's very much Kim's story. You, you hear her story, how she got into this field and how it's very connected to what she does outside of work as well. There's a fusion, if you will. If you remember last week's episode, in the intro, I talked about the fusion as well. So enjoy the episode. Please check out her work. We always put that in the show notes and see you next week. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Kim Crowder. Now, she's been described as a top diversity, equity and inclusion firestarter. Named by Forbes as one of the top anti-racism educators companies need now and a top 10 diversity, equity and inclusion expert by all American and top influential African-American businesswoman to follow. So a lot of top, 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 top. And you can see a lot of diversity, equity and inclusion as well as anti-racism. So it's, it's, it's a very critical, uh, you know, uh, point in our life and in, in America and in the world right now when you're 
we're dealing with a lot of structural racism and I'm so excited to have her on the show because she's going to let us in to some insights into what she feels is the best way to topple the systemic racism we have right now and to make sure that we model an inclusive type of culture as we build inclusion from the ground up and ingrain it into the company's DNAs that eventually form. Welcome. Thank you. That was that was quite an introduction. I'll take it. <laughs> hey, well, it, it is your life, Kim. And, uh, <laughs> and so I commend you for that. I commend you for that. And, you know, as, as someone who's also built his career along the line of this field, I'm always fascinated by what leads people to become, you know, anti-racism educators or consultants, because a lot of this, at least if I'm looking at it from my lens, you know, came from my lived experience. And then I, I got to a point where I was frustrated and I, I wanted to do something about it. And I didn't want the status quo to remain the same. But that's my story. What was your story? Yeah, I, I, listen, I, from my limited sample of people that I get to talk to on a regular basis, and I say limited um, just because I could never talk to everyone in this field, but most of us come to this based on lived experience, particularly if you are um, part of some sort of historically ignored or historically ignored background, right? Yeah. Um, we experience certain things in the workplace and then we were like, I just can't take this anymore. This is not okay. Uh, and really many of us, uh, well, I'll say I started doing this work in the workplace, whether people liked it or not. Yeah. Usually it was not. Usually it was not. And so, um, <laughs> so I kind of, you know, I learned it. My grandmother used to say best, the best sense is bought sense. And so it's like the sense that I paid for. It's what I learned by actually doing the work. So let me give you a little background about me. I, um, uh, grew up, uh, with in Houston, Texas. Many people don't know that Houston, Texas receives the most immigrants, uh, in the U S a lot of yeah, Nigerians, yeah. a lot of Nigerians. Lot in of Niger Listen, my friends call me half Nigerian. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> like, my, Niger my Nigerian friends are like, oh, girl, you're, you're us. Just come on in. <laughs> so um, it is having that background of being like living and not even thinking about it as a child. Like you live next door to people who speak different languages, eat different food. Everybody's mixing together in in Houston. And then also we lived overseas. So we lived in Korea as kids. And so culture, cultural nuances, cultural differences, understanding that the culture that I lived wasn't the only culture that existed has just been a natural part of the way my parents raised us. Um, I saw sedans like I, you know, I, I am currently sitting right now in Italy. Um, so all of that on top of my workplace experiences, particularly, I would say my last two, you know, you know, I'm like, how do you not get people in trouble, right? My last <laughs> work experiences um, in corporate America were hard. They just were hard. Um, and I won't go into deep detail, but I will tell you that as I moved up in uh, rank within the or within organizations, particularly as I got to a place in the C-suite, I really started to understand getting behind the curtain around how things play out around diversity, equity, inclusion in a workplace, really understanding policies and processes and lack of systems that were set up and what were the real um, barriers versus bridges to be able to have a workplace that was truly inclusive. 
I still even, you know, in this space, question a lot around, are we doing integration work? Or are we doing liberation work? Are we doing justice work, right? That is all very different. And so um, that is my entry point into it. And, and, and frankly, getting to a place like you where I said, I just can't do this anymore. I'm not receiving the support that I need. Um, I'm being painted as the villain and very angry in the workplace, which granted, by the time I had dealt with so much discrimination and pain, I probably was angry in the workplace, if I'm really honest. Uh, but also being told things like it's really hard to find people of diverse backgrounds with the proper skill sets and knowing that that was untrue. Right. And so that was sort of my entry into this work. I started doing it organically in the workplace and I wasn't just doing it in the way of treat people nice. And I wasn't doing it just in let's hire enough people. I was talking workplace culture. I was looking at processes and policies and questioning those and pushing back when they weren't right. But I was also talking about the ways that we connected with our external communities as well. My background is in marketing and communications. So I'm always thinking about this holistic way that companies are operating. And that's how I came to the work. I started doing it, people started hearing about it. And then I got laid off from my last role um, because it was just not a fit because I knew I was supposed to start my own company, but I was scared to jump two feet in. And it just, I started doing the work full time. And this has been the most fulfilling career I've ever had in my life. I feel like I know that I'm in my purpose or at least the beginnings of that. And it is exciting to watch companies do the work in a way that is truly impactful for those who have been historically ignored and centering their voices and their perspective as a base point as to the strategy that they're going to uh, input implement within an organization. I love that. Wow. <laughs> There's so much to unpack there. So I'm going to try and peel each layer of this banana here for a little bit. So the first thing you said that I want to dive into, you said you grew up partly in career. What led you to grow up partly in Korea as a child? Yeah, we grew up in Korea. Just my dad worked for, he was a civilian who worked for the Army Corps engineer. So that was, it took us to Korea. Yeah. Uh, we were a black family in Korea where people were very curious. We played with kids who we didn't speak the same language. We didn't need to. Uh, we just had a human connection. And so uh, got to experience it from that perspective. I ask because a lot of the audience, you know, like like me and you grew up in multiple parts of the world and they identify with multiple cultures, uh, third culture kids call them the OTCKs. And it's, it's interesting having that experience where you find yourself being the only at such a young age and then coming back with more nuance and then, exp you know, finding out where you fit in without having the language at such a formative period in your life. So I was just curious to see if that identity crisis occurred for you or imposter syndrome initially before you turned it into an asset, an advantage? Yeah. I, so here's what I will say. I know that when we came back, I you hear that laugh because I'm like, yeah, we did. I did. I don't know if it was an identity crisis, but I certainly recognize when we came back, the difference is the differences in what I knew about culture in general, particularly black culture. Right. Um, from my cousins, like they loved Prince. So I'm aging, I'm giving you my age a little bit, but like Prince was a big thing. And I was like, yeah. who is this man with these heels? Um, so, <laughs> so like having to learn that or learning about hip hop for the first time, 
but also being told that we talk like white girls yeah. because we spoke, you know, right? We yeah, spoke I know that feeling. <laughs> in a certain way and it didn't necessarily match the vernacular culturally of some of my family members. And so having that part of it. And so I guess now that you say, I didn't even, I had never even thought about it literally until this very moment that you asked me this question, but yes, there was a period of, of feeling like I, I didn't quite understand what the world had become while we were gone. Yeah. And then having to acclimate myself back into this whole new culture um, after being, you know, somewhere else for, for a period of time. Yeah. No, I was asking that question because when I started and I said a lot of this stems from my lived experience and I heard you say that and I was like, I wonder if that, you know, that subconsciously unconsciously plays a role in why you have an ability to look at things from the macro or the micro because, you know, you might have seen it or felt it, whether you acknowledge it or not. And, and now you actually really connect deeply when people are marginalized in some shape or form. So, hmm. the, the other thing you brought up was Houston. Now you said Houston is the, you know, has the most immigrants in, in America. Houston is also uh, home of uh, a certain queen, Beyonce. And uh, I did oh, some research. Oh, you've done your homework. Okay, I did, come on. I did. I did some, <laughs> I did some, some, re- some research. And I saw that you sang with Beyonce. You're actually a vocalist. So what, that's a part of your life you didn't include. What, tell us more about this vocalist career of yours. Yeah. So uh, why don't I tell you how I met Beyonce? I also uh, knew Kelly and Solange by nature of, you know, they were part of that world. But um, growing up in Houston, uh, we did a a talent show. It was the Sammy Davis Jr. talent show as kids together. And we sang the same song, which was wild, right? She sang it. She was not competing. She was by then like the special guest. Mm -hmm. And um, we were competing in the talent show and she heard us sing and our, we had a, she had a dance teacher. The dance teacher heard us do it and then said, Hey, can you join our dance troupe? We need another singer. Uh, and that's how I met her. She was extremely kind, very kind. Um, and we got to know each other and then uh, started going over their house. And that's when they had the girl group and there were tons of girls coming in and out of that group. Uh, and it, it didn't pan out. Actually, I knew I knew Tamar Davis, too, as well. Back oh, you then, knew Tamar. I knew Tamar, um, oh. Tamar Davis. We went to middle school together. And so I reconnected with Beyonce then because Tamar brought me back into the group. So we have a, we have, you know, just that Houston, Houston's a big city, but it's a small town. Um, had that connection just by nature of little black girls who could sing. Uh, and then I I sing when I can. I'm a, I'm a jazz head for sure, for sure. Um, and perform, you know, around town, um, when I'm home and it, it is always a part of me. It's almost a part of me that I keep sort of, uh, I, I don't monetize that part of myself. Uh, like, and it's because when you do diversity, equity, inclusion work, it is so, um, all encompassing, all encompassing. Like you can't get away from the fact that you are a black person and then also you do this work every day. And so the music, I get to take myself out of that um, and have a passion that is not connected to money, if I'm yeah. really honest. No, no, I, 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 we're all about honesty here. So I, I wanted to ask that because I, you know, I said I was going to start to peel the layers. So I know that that's a big layer of you. 
Uh, okay, so since you, you talked about DEI there in the last point, let's segue into the last point that I wanted to bring up with what you were saying with your fair, first share. You said there's a difference between liberation, you know, uh, justice, and I'm anticipating uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. What is this difference? Because I, like you, feel like it's often conflated uh, and spoken of as the same, but I'm curious to hear what you feel is the reason it's conflated and what the distinctions between these three things are. Yeah. So, um... introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. So uh, I I am a fan of talking about nuances um, because, yeah, uh, because I feel like, for lack of a better, I'm Southern, and so we have these sayings, but the devil is in the details. Right. And so when we don't hone down on those nuances and those details, I think we can miss the, the goal of the work. So I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. Diversity, equity, and inclusion, in my mind, and I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to give you the definition of it. I'm going to tell you how I see it. Yeah. It is to make the experience of people from historically ignored backgrounds in workplaces better. That's like the short version of it. Just wanted to stop by here before we get back to the episode. I wanted to let you all know that I do have a collective for people who are interested in developing their cultural competency skills, becoming more anti-racist. And it's a resource of things that you can do with your family, with your school, with yourself to work through your individual journey to become a better culturally competent leader. It's called UID Collective and the link is in the show notes, but it's a mix of courses. It's a mix of resources, things you can download. And all you need to do is sign up as a member. It's a monthly membership. I'd love for you to check it out. Use it with your friends, use it with your family, use it with yourself. Okay, the link is in the show notes. It's called UID Collective. And it's for those of you that want to improve your cultural competency skills. Back to the episode. When we talk about the justice piece, the justice piece is a shift in power. And so how are we creating environments where that with power shifts uh, within workplace and that liberation piece is then where we talk about power sharing, where we talk about ownership and who owns you know, uh, who actually owns organizations. That is a totally different thing. I, I almost feel like that is a future piece of it. So some of this for us is how are we looking at this work and what it's going to look like five, 10, 20 years down the line. Um, today, we, we are basically just trying to make sure that 
people aren't experiencing what you and what I have experienced in the workplace, right? Mm -hmm. And then we want to shift that over and move that forward to justice work and liberation work. And how do we add that into, how do we start setting the ground work for that to start happening in DEI work? Because right now DEI work is very much so um, uh, mirrored by what we saw happen with integration, if we're really honest. And so our hope is that we can um, is that we can move this work forward in ways that are providing space for those of us with historically ignored backgrounds. Yeah, yeah. To go That's... beyond to go beyond the, this, these ideas of feeling comfortable, feeling like we're valued, to actually creating that value um, for ourselves. I love that. I love that. Wow. Uh, well, do you feel like companies are getting it right now or do you feel like we still have a long way to go with companies? Yeah, I feel like we have a long way to go. If I'm really honest, listen, it took watching a black man be murdered Mm. by a police officer for over nine minutes for companies to finally say we need to make change. And so for that to be a baseline, I think is really unfortunate. Uh, you know, it's like twofold. Yes, I'm glad companies are talking about it, but it shouldn't take watching black people die in such grotesque ways and watching Asian people be beat up, you know, ajamas and, you know, be beat up in streets. Yeah. Wow. For folks to start saying it's time to make a difference. We shouldn't have to tell our stories over and over for yeah. organizations to feel like this is the right thing to do, especially when the business case exists that supports this work and the business cases existed to support this work forever. Well, then I have to ask you this, Kim, how do you practice self-care and healing yeah. for yourself? I go to Italy. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> travel or specifically Italy. Is, is it, do you travel in general or, or is Italy just that place that has that piece of your heart? That you no, have? travel is travel in general. I love to travel. I already have my next year planned. Um, around travel. So travel is a big piece of that, but also I'm super close to my family. Family is mm. extremely important to me. I'm an auntie. I have a sweet baby niece. Um, I'm a big sister. Um, I'm a daughter, but also I have, I have friends who love me deeply. I have the music. Um, I take care of myself. I get movement. I go hiking. I eat well. Um, I make sure that I schedule time before I, I try to, woo, I'm still working on this one before I hop on my phone, when I wake up in the morning, you know, like having that buffer time, that's just mine. I think that's, what's been beautiful about being overseas is that time zone difference is that I get a buffer to have the day to myself first. Yeah. And then I can come back and work, um, later on, but the, the first part of the day belongs to me. I'm, I'm curious as to how I'm going to do this when I get back to the U S but so, and I, and, and I have a good therapist. I have a dope black woman therapist. <laughs> I, I'm always, I'm an advocate of therapists. My, my, uh, that is, that was so key for me during the pandemic as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I have support systems in place on purpose. I have a great team uh, that I work with within my organization who we take care of each other. Uh, so, it, you know, thinking about that from a holistic viewpoint, those are ways that I, I unplug and take care of myself and make sure that I have that I have everything that I need to be able to extend this work. And the only way I can do that is to keep my cup filled. Brilliant. OK, well, I, I mean, the, one of the last points I wanted to ask you on, you know, ask you. To, uh, sorry. One of the last questions I wanted to ask you rather was your background. I like you have a marketing and communication background and. I'm curious to see if there are actionable tips that you can offer the audience who are at that crossroads in their career. 
where they're, they're realizing maybe due to the pandemic, they realize that they don't actually want to stay in the place where they work right now, but they want to take a leap. And you said it took you getting laid off for you to realize that you needed to get off of that safety net that you had built for yourself, which I recognize because that happened to me too. What can you, <laughs> what can you offer the audience in terms of tips as they're trying to market themselves and tell their stories about whatever it is they're passionate about? Yeah. So one thing is if you are a bad employee, that doesn't mean you're going to be a poor entrepreneur Hmm. because most entrepreneurs are bad employees. And the reason we're bad employees is that we aren't built for the industrialization of the workplace. Right. Sort of these like you, the work has to look this way. The process for the work has to look this way. We are often catalysts for change. And typically catalysts cannot stay inside of an organization for long because people really hate change. Change is really hard. And so it's <laughs> different when, you, when you're on the outside as a consultant saying, hey, we want to see this change because you don't get the blowback of what that looks like in the day-to-day work. So that was one um, thing for me that I just started to notice in myself. Every job that I had ever had Either I was the first one to have it or there were like five month stretches between someone having that job and myself. So I was always starting, starting something from scratch. I should have yeah. known then that I was an entrepreneur in a workplace. Um, but also, as you are looking at making that leap, do some introspection work, especially if you are part of a historically ignored um, background and you have experienced trauma in the workplace. Because I think it's so important to call that what it is. We experience trauma in the workplace. And so if you've experienced that, if you have the privilege of being able to have a uh, a therapist, because that is a privilege, if you have the privilege to even take some time off between starting your business, do that. Um, Because sometimes that PTSD is very real and you can still be triggered even as you are starting your business. You have to work through that. Uh, But also you can start building a business while you're working on somebody else's dime. So start looking for the skill sets that you need as an entrepreneur and find ways to learn those in the workplace. So are there gaps in education that you think you want? I'm Six Sigma Leadership Certified. Um, That was a big deal for me to understand processes and systems as a business owner. I did that on my own. But can you get your company to pay for that as you are building your business, you know, beyond that? So start thinking about what do I need to know now that maybe I can learn in the workplace that will benefit me? Um, And then also find people who are doing what you want to do because you need community no matter where you are. I have had the pleasure of meeting entrepreneurs from all around the world. We email each other. We text each other. We call each other. Sometimes it's like, hey, I'm just checking on you stay up like, or, you know, you're trading ideas or in talking openly about money and what you're charging, especially for us who are black and brown, we've got to talk about money because we're often expected to charge less in the workplace. So, you know, finding community for me has probably been the biggest piece being always willing to learn and grow, be flexible in the market. Um, because sometimes what you're offering does not match with the, uh, what the market needs. So be really comfortable with being flexible. That's the benefit of being an entrepreneur. Um, and then I would say that last piece is, is make sure that you build time to take care of yourself because entrepreneurship can make you forget that you need to find time for yourself. It can be all encompassing. It can be 
from the moment you get up to the, to the time you go to bed at night. And I have been there. Um, so make sure you have boundaries around how often you're willing to meet with people. How often are you working on client work? How many times will you talk to a potential partner before you say, Hey, it's time for you to pay me and sign a contract, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> some guidelines around that. Um, because if you don't, people don't mean to cross your boundaries, yeah. but if you don't have them in place, it'll happen. That's right. So having firm boundaries, uh, also just getting rid of that negative idea that if you're a bad employee, it doesn't mean you're, you know, that you're, you're just incapable of doing any other thing and being able to reflect so that you can pick on the things that you're good at and then double down on things that you want to learn from so that you can actually even further differentiate yourself from whatever the audiences or competitors are maybe. So, huh. Interesting. I agree, by the way. I, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's 100% true, but I, I think like you said, a lot of us weren't taught how to get out of that industrial mindset. You know, I've, you know, you grew up, you grew up amongst immigrants, the prevailing narrative is you only have maybe three career options. And then the, the fourth one is you're a failure. If you don't do the degree, <laughs> you don't, you know, doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure, at least that was, that was me as a Nigerian. But, um, and so, and, and I love doctor, lawyers and engineers, uh, but what if you're not a doctor, lawyer, and engineer, then what, right? So it's one of those things where you, you then start having that internal dialogue with yourself, like, ah, I'm disappointing everyone in the family. So yeah, I think that's good. All right. Well, where can people find you? What are you up to? How can we connect with you? Yeah, people can find me on social media. It's a great place to, to look us up. LinkedIn, you can find me, Kim Crowder. I am Kim Crowder on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And then also sign up for our newsletter, particularly for those who are interested in our approach to diversity, equity, inclusion. We are processes and systems-based um, and behavior. While we do believe in changing beliefs, sometimes you can't wait for that. So we need companies to put processes and systems in place that impact behavior, and then we can get your mind together on the way on that journey. And so uh, we, we love to connect with folks. We do a lot of dialoguing on LinkedIn. And listen, I'm always open, particularly to black and brown folks who are saying, I want to become an entrepreneur. DM me. I'm happy to have a conversation on Zoom or just give you resources um, as I know them. Because again, the more you build community around this, uh, the better. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure we'll put that in the show notes. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on. This has been very, very enlightening. So it's been a pleasure. But I have one final question, and it's my mission statement. Huh. I'm <laughs> my with mission, it. <laughs> my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So, Kim, how do you use your difference to make a difference? How do I use my difference to make a difference? You know what? I trust this. I trust my I trust my ability to have, um, how do I say this? I trust my ability to have different viewpoints based on my experiences. That's a big one. Um, I trust my gut around some around things in the way that I operate with my business. Um, also, I'm willing to listen to other people's points of view, yeah. whether that makes me uncomfortable, whether I'm in the mood to do it. I at least listen. And I hold space for other people to be different. I may take some of what they say and say, you know what? I like that part, but the rest of that doesn't work for me. And so a lot of what we're seeing, especially in social media, is that things are so binary right now. It's like yeah. every, you know, people make statements without any context and this is what it is. And so I actually try to be 
counterculture around that and say, you know what, let's actually be tolerant to some degree, at least of people's ideas. And then you take what you want to take from it or not. So the way that I use my difference to make a difference is by um, holding spaces for other people's differences and taking what I can take from that and, and leaving what doesn't make sense for me. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure. I've, uh, I've had a lot of uh, fun catching up with you and just listening to how you got to where you are, but you're incredible. And I'm, I'm hoping that more people find your work and get you in their companies. Thanks so much, Teo. Appreciate you. Pleasure's mine. Kings, Queens, and royalty. Till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.